I need the Knicks to look. I only need them to win by a point, man. But like, I'm just seeing things unraveling right in front of me right now. But this series as a whole, uh, how surprised were you, Miami taking Game oh One? And how much? My. Oh my God! Did, did Duncan Robinson just hit a three? Yeah, no, he did. Oh, oh my God! It's a three-point game. Oh my goodness! I can't do the show wow. until this is done. Trista, talk to Patrick. Hey, Patrick. I can't uh... take this right now. <laughs> Oh my let, gosh, this is let's unreal. Really, yeah, let's really quickly, I want to get your thoughts, your like, post-mortem of the NFL draft. Obviously, we had mm -hmm. a ton of movement right before the draft got underway. C.J. Stroud went all the way up to, I think, plus 950 the day of the draft, and then dropped down to 600 and then 300 and then all the way to minus 10,000 before the draft uh, got underway. Will Anderson went from plus 400 to minus 150 in a matter of, like, four minutes. Um, right before the draft got underway with the uh, you know information flow kind of coming out and the markets reacting to that. Uh, what was the overall sort of like loss win for the books overall? So it wasn't bad. In fact, there were a couple of books that, that reported to me that they actually did win to the draft, which is a first. Uh, they almost never win to the draft. Most books, though, still lost, but lost a very nominal amount, amount they were at an amount they were totally happy with. Uh, they had they had no issue with a minor loss there. As you noted, there was a bunch of crazy movement going on leading up to that first round, right up until five o'clock when uh, you know when most of this came off the board. It was just nuts how much some of this stuff was moving around. You alluded to uh, to Stroud, his odds just going off the charts to go number two, which and then obviously Young was secured at number one, and Levis just you know plunged like a rock, just went you know entirely out of the first round uh, ultimately. Uh, but the odds didn't reflect that he was going to do that. That's just a, that's just what it ended up happening. Minus six fifty for him to go four. Exactly, and everybody expected him to be top five and certainly top ten. So. Uh, that was something that really helped the books a lot to uh, mitigate any damage. You know, the kind of damage that the draft normally does to the books was all this back and forth on Levis potentially being number two and then number one and then back to number two and certainly in the top five and he falls all the way out of the first round. So that certainly helped uh, quite a few books mitigate the, the damage a bit. Uh, again, a small loser generally for the books, which they will totally accept. I mean, between the trades and, you know, the Houston doing what it did, moving around a little bit in the first round and some of the other uh, uh, moves that were made and Richardson going, uh, you know, maybe a, a bit earlier than expected or at least being taken over Levis. Um, all that kind of threw things off kilter and just enough so that, uh, that the books were probably reasonably happy, whether it was a modest win or a modest loss, they'll take it because they normally get cleaned up on these. All right, the Knicks are going to the free throw line. They're up three with 12.8 seconds to go, Patrick. I think, you know, knock on wood here, this parlay is going to come through for me, so I'm going to do my best to be a professional and multitask while I'm also looking All at good. at the same time. Uh, what were some of the biggest, I guess, maybe surprises in the draft? I know you kind of went over the draft there, but was there anything else that was just like a, a big surprise for you where maybe the public ended up... Yeah, I guess I guess you could say coming out on top versus the books because you said the books didn't do too bad, and we talked about that before where it was a point where, like, they still do it, but at the same time, they don't make out the way they usually do in a lot of other events. Right. Well, I think one area where the public made out, and I think we might have touched on this last week. I, I can't remember for sure, Nick, but uh, one thing that, that I believe it was BetMGM specifically even said that it didn't want, and I can't remember whether it was, I think it was Seamus McGee that said this, but what they didn't want was... Uh, young first, Stroud second. And they ended up with Young first and Stroud third. Is that right? Stroud second. They took Anderson and they, no, and no. They, uh, the Stroud they took second Stroud and then second. Anderson third. 
Yeah. Right. So they so it ended up working. Apologies there. So that ended up working out exactly how BetMGM did not want it to work out. And you know, as Trista and I were discussing there, it didn't look like that's how it was going to work out at all. It looked like BetMGM and any others who were in that position where they really didn't want Young going number one and Stroud going number two were going to get off the hook with the way all these odds movements were coming in and like Levis was going to be number one. But then just uh, all day long Thursday, it was just Young's number getting first a lot shorter and then super super long on the negative on the minus side. Like you said, Trista, out to minus ten thousand. So Nick, I think that was one where uh, the public sort of lucked into it. And got Young and Stroud one and two, or, and probably some sharp, uh, probably a lot of sharp betters too, because obviously it's a very sharp market. But that was something that Benham Jam was looking to avoid: was Young one, Stroud two, and um, that's exactly how it ended up going for betters. So I think MGM probably got dinged up a little bit there. But again, overall, uh, I don't think uh, the the odds makers are complaining as much as they normally would, uh, or belaboring. They don't really complain. They honestly are not that. Uh, you know, a lot of you know they get a little flack on. Oh, you're going to open tomorrow. What? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, these guys are they're 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 working hard on their side of the counter. There's a two way battle here, and they're not they're never really complaining. They're generally just telling me they're like, here's what happened. And sometimes it's good, and some, sometimes it's good for the betters, and sometimes it's good for the odds makers. I think whatever Ben Jim saw there, they were happy to see Levis plunge and some of these other deals and so forth that helped uh, make it a, a reasonable loss for the book. So Milwaukee uh, gets bounced. And the Grizzlies mm-hmm. get bounced. How does that sort of help or or be a detriment to the books? And what do they need? And what would be the worst result uh, in terms of who comes out of the East and who comes out of the West? Well, speaking specifically to BetMGM, but there's probably a similar scenario to a lot of the other, uh, you know, the larger books, the ones that operate in many, many states for whom these public teams are very public teams no matter where you go. Um, the Bucks bowing out was definitely not good. Uh, as Hal Eglin said it at BetMGM, he said it certainly takes out one of the championship contenders that we were rooting for. Um, however, really? BetMGM is, yeah, they really wanted the Bucks. The Bucks just weren't catching anybody's imagination, really, hmm. to be honest, Trista. They weren't, even though even though going into the playoffs, they were the favorite Because of how short of odds? Because of how short the odds were and how little volume they were compared to the odds? Yeah, well, I think I think part of it was the price, but part of it is the the Bucks just don't get you going the way the Celtics, the Lakers, the Warriors, you know, the Suns adding a Kevin Durant. Um, they they just weren't you know these with the major market teams and the major market players, Steph Curry, LeBron James, you know, uh, again the, the the Celtics and uh, you know and uh, and the Suns and so forth. They just weren't capturing the imagination of betters. And I think the price may have had a little bit to do with it over the course of the season. But other teams that were at shorter numbers were, were taking, you know, were taking more money. Boston, for example, um, obviously aided a lot by this whole, you know, by the Massachusetts, uh, Massachusetts coming online with legal regulated sports betting. But that was a, that for whatever reason, they, they weren't buying into the Bucks. The betters weren't. So the, so BetMGM was really keen on the Bucks going far and potentially winning. They would have loved to see that. Now that said, BetMGM is still in a, a pretty good spot, but, uh, they're, they're good to the Celtics at this point, which is, which is interesting again, because of the, because, uh, they weren't good to the Bruins. I can tell you that. And so they're probably pretty happy there, but they're good to the Celtics, the Suns, the Nuggets, and the Sixers. They don't want to see the Knicks or the Heat playing the Lakers, Warriors, or Kings in the finals. Now, the Warriors are obviously out, so that's out of the equation. I'm sorry about the condolences to your Warriors. Um, I'm sorry that didn't happen. I wanted it to. I thought that would have been awesome. But uh, they don't want to see the Knicks or Heat against either the Lakers or the Warriors. Um, They, uh, you know, Lakers and Warriors are their two worst outcomes. Yes. You mean the Kings? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, okay. You're killing. You're killing me. <laughs> they don't want to see the Knicks or Heat playing the Lakers or Warriors, and I understand where you're yeah. going there. I feel for you. I wanted the Kings to advance. I was um, going to say, if the Warriors are out, then I, I shouldn't even be here tonight. Exactly. That's that's uh, <laughs> exactly. Warriors in the Lakers are still the worst outcome, and they're continuing to pile on. They. I was just talking to Hal again, Hal Eglin at BetMGM today, going back and forth with him. They're on the Lakers for the series at this moment. Not heavy, but they're heavier. The uh, Lakers on series uh, series odds against the Warriors uh, than they, uh, you know, and and they're absolutely heavy to the Lakers to win the championship. If the Lakers won the champ, I don't see it happening. But if the Lakers won the championship, BetMGM would get cleaned out. So Ooh. what what Hal said they're looking for is they would really love to see Steph and LeBron go at it for seven games and the Warriors advance, and then they want the Warriors to get beat by whoever they meet in the Western Conference Final. Guys, Knicks won, three-leg parlay hit. I can focus again on nice. the show. Thank yes. you. Thank you very yes. much. It was just it's one of those things where I just if it if they blew it after all, I would just been I would have lost my mind and not done the rest of the show. But I'm here, Patrick. I am a professional. Uh what about it's finals good. MVP? Who are some of the like what names, players specifically, or maybe there's like a group that that is taking the most money? Because we were talking about this earlier, and there's some there's some intriguing prices that are still out there for finals MVP. Right, and I hadn't looked at that recently, but okay. I know we've got some information on it, so I'm going to look it up real quick and just kind of see where we're at on it. The one thing uh, I know is even if you don't have it right in front of you, you've got it somewhere. So, <laughs> Oh, I've got it here. I've got it. It's in front of me, and this is actually, again, from uh, uh, from Bedham Jam, and this is just from yesterday, so you know, reasonably fresh. Uh, right now, it looks like you, uh, if I'm looking at it right, it looks like you've got uh, Nikola Jokic, the favorite, at 7-1-ish. to one -ish. I'm not seeing, I don't know if you guys are popping that up on the screen right now because I'm looking at my own screen. But, um, uh, oh, geez, you got Jason Tatum up there as well. Yeah, so Tatum's Jokic three, is just Tatum's a big mover. Yeah, and that's why they, they mentioned Jokic because he was uh, with Ben Jam because he's been a bigger mover. Mm -hmm. But uh, highest handle at this point, this is from Ben Jam, highest tickets, I should say, from Ben Jam. You got Booker, Jokic, and Embiid. The most money, Booker, Curry, and Jokic. Mm -hmm. Biggest liability, Murray, which is interesting. Wow, that means yeah. you know uh, yeah. uh, they're getting, which means they're getting enough money at longer at a little bit longer odds potentially. Murray is the biggest liability, and this is for BetMGM Digital. Just to clarify a little bit, great, and like eighty-five to ninety percent of the business MGM BetMGM does is digital, mobile, and online, but um, doesn't include retail. Just to be clear, there, Murray the biggest liability, followed by Booker, followed by Jokic. So they wouldn't necessarily mind seeing the favorite in this case, seeing see, you know seeing Jason Tatum. Uh, and, the, and the Celtics get moving and win that award. Uh, De Newton, Steph Curry isn't, you know, it, it doesn't, I guess at this point, Steph Curry's not a bad result. Uh, well, he could be. He's got a lot of handle, but he's not one of the th top three liabilities. Interesting. I, I do want to switch gears really fast because, uh, and I don't know how much you've heard about this, but the uh, Alabama baseball uh, yes. getting shut down, uh, the market's getting shut mm -hmm. down for BetMGM in Ohio. Can you make some sense of that and kind of put some context into how BetMGM uh, or any book really identifies, you know, betting malfeasance or irregularities where you, they think that there's some shenanigans afoot? Right. And there may not even be shenanigans necessarily. Just, you know, there's some suspicion at this point. And I don't have yeah. a lot of background on this yet other than what we've what we've probably all seen and read. Um, so far, it's been, you know, I, I, uh, I know somebody who's, I have a source who's, you know, reasonably close to what, how this unfolded, and they're just not allowed to say anything. So, uh, which I understand at this point. But look, the books have always been since long before, you know, uh, 
the NBA came in and said, you know, the NBA and others came in and said, hey, we need, uh, you know, we need you to pay an integrity fee or whatever. The books were the integrity of this, especially the legal regulated books, because, you know, they had customers have to have faith in that product. So sports books for decades, the legal right here in Nevada, especially, but now over the last few years as we're, and now over the last few days, as we're seeing, have been the first line of defense. They see these patterns and unusual things. And I can't necessarily be specific to what happened here, but they're very good at ident identifying when something is a little off kilter. And in this case, it was betting that actually was taking place in Cincinnati at a Bet MGM book. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing Great the American Bet MGM caught wind of it first. Yes. And Bet MGM probably noticed at first and says something is, is a little fishy here. However, U.S. Integrity, which is a national entity that works out of Las Vegas, that is a partner with books, also saw this and put the red flag up. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's good. It's a good thing that these things are noticed and hopefully yeah. taken care of. Yeah, absolutely, because you don't want any shady business going on whatsoever because we like doing this, that's for sure. Patrick Everson, you bet. always good talking to you, man. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Have a great week. You bet. Uh